welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host. Kevin Paneskis. Hey, Kevin, Property Soldier here. Okay, so I'm the serviced accommodation lead trainer for Progressive Property. And one of the things that I am often asked is lease restrictions for serviced accommodation. Um, can you do service accommodation um, in leasehold property or what uh, prohibits you doing service accommodation in leasehold property? So it's a question I get asked a lot. So I thought I'd do this um, Facebook Live, going out on my different, uh, different social media uh, platforms, but also recorded for my podcast, the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. So, yes, some... Lease restrictions do not allow serviced accommodation. Now, leases are normally uh, with apartments, but it's worth remembering that over 80% of properties in the UK are freehold properties where there are no restrictions. So we just have to set the scene here. We mustn't think. And also, you you need to remember that um, I personally prefer houses um, well, you don't need to remember that, but <laughs> probably worth uh, worth knowing. It'll be interesting that I personally provide, uh, prefer houses to use as serviced accommodation. Um, you can typically get more bedrooms in houses or you get more bedrooms in houses. And so that works better for me. You can uh, get more people in a property, extra person per night. And uh, contractors really love um service combination, nice, long, chunky booking. So houses work really well for long stays, therefore you make more money. Uh, the apartments more often are for your leisure guests or, or sort of more high-end corporate type people uh, where they, you know, the high-end corporate, yes, they might stay for long periods of time, but the, the leisure, not so much. So, but, but, so houses, great, but let's, let's talk about apartments or leasehold uh, properties for people that may have a leasehold property that they um, are considering using for service accommodation. Or you might have a leasehold property that you're using as service accommodation and people are telling you that you shouldn't be using that as service accommodation. So I'm going to uh, to give my opinion and I've got some, some data to share with you um, and some scenarios and examples as well for this. Any questions, then uh, by all means, type your questions in. Um, and um, if I get any questions in after I've been live, then I'll, I'll jump in and answer those at some point as well when I come back in and check in. So what I'm going to start off with is actually giving you some case law here on um, a scenario where the the freeholder, which is the, uh, the block management company as well, uh, challenged uh, a, a lady who was doing Airbnb in her apartment um, that she owned. And so she, they told her to stop and she said no and it went to court um, and then it went to the high court, etc. So I'll, I'll give you the scenario here because this just, this just highlights the fact that it's a very grey area and um, a lot of lease restrictions are open to interpretation or most lease restrictions are open to interpretation. So 
the the scenario in question was that um, okay, let's just jump onto my notes here. The Mrs. Nemkova, she was doing service combination in her property, and um, the the freeholder challenged the fact that uh, that uh, she should be doing it, and so it ended up going to court. So the the covenant that the freeholder was quoting in the lease was that uh, not to use the demise premises or permit them to be used for any illegal or immoral purpose or for any purpose whatsoever other than as a private residence. So a lot of people would think that can't use it for anything other than a private residence. So surely that means you can't do service accommodation. Now, actually, you know, a lot of people are thinking, well, the good news would be that she was allowed to continue. The court said she continued. No, they didn't. The court said that uh, she, in that scenario, couldn't do service accommodation. But they they accepted that it was open to interpretation. So they allowed it to go to appeal. And it went to appeal. And then when it went to the appeal court, um, this is what um, was uh, was looked into, the upper tribunal upheld the decision in the favour of landlord, but does a short-term let breach a covenant in a lease which prohibits a tenant from using her property for any purpose other than as a private residence? Their response was, each case is fact-specific, depending upon the construction of the particular covenant in its own factual context, context. It is not possible, therefore, to give a definitive answer to the question posed at the beginning of this ruling, save to say somewhat obliquely that it all depends. So the point here is that it depends and any lease restriction uh, has to be put into uh, proper context. So you can't just read a lease restriction and just assume that you can't do service accommodation. Now, an awful lot of people are seeing things in a lease that, for instance, it might say no business use. You cannot do business use in the property. And, you know, me personally, I've got some uh, opinions on that. And, and I'll, I'll explain my thoughts on this. So here's the thing. You definitely need to see the, the lease. So, so a lot of people don't have their own lease or you might be thinking about doing a, a rent to SA uh, type scenario on somebody else's leasehold property. Or you might be considering doing service accommodation management on somebody else's property. So guess what? You, you need to see the lease. So uh, a really um, easy way of getting to see the lease, if you don't have it and your solicitor doesn't have it, for instance, is the block management company will have a lease. And there's going to be a sublease and a head lease. Um, and you need to see both because sometimes things that are written in the sublease refer to, you know, please refer to the head lease on this, you know. So you need to see the sublease and the head lease. So the owner of the property needs to ask the block management company for the leases. And the best way of, of approaching this is saying that the lender, the mortgage lender on the, the property um, needs to see the, the leases. They've requested to see the leases. Okay. The, at this point, if I were you, I wouldn't jump in and say, because we want to see the leases to see if we can use the properties as service accommodation, because they might just say, no, you can't do that. And um, we're not giving you the lease and yada, yada, yada. Um, so, but if you say that you need to see the lease because your lender uh, wants a copy of the lease, um, then that's going to be fine. So they'll let you see the lease. Now, again, 
I'm just going to cover the things that, in my opinion, do definitely prohibit the use of serviced accommodation. So um, it might say no short term let or short term rental. Well, if it says that in a lease, then guess what? <laughs> you can't do that because that's pretty specific. It, that's not open to interpretation. Um, it could say owner occupier only or AST, owner occupier and or AST, so assured short-haul tenancy. So people um, renting a property on a, a long-term let, it might say that in there. Or, or there could be an age restriction on it. So uh, you, you have uh, properties that are over 55s only or over 60s only, don't you? So, so that might be another thing that's in the lease, which is going to significantly inhibit service accommodation use. If it's got that in there, then don't do it. It's going to be um, um, a, a property that is for older people, you know, might be old, over 55s, but the average age is going to be 70s, you know. Um, so um, I wouldn't um, do it in that type of property only. But what about business use? When it says, oh, no business use in a property, well, what constitutes business use in a property? That is one of these things that is open to interpretation. I'll give you some scenarios. So um, do people run an e-commerce business from their home? Is that business? Do people um, bake cakes and literally sell their cakes that they bake from home? Yes, of course. There's a myriad of e-commerce type businesses uh, and, you know, businesses that people operate from their home that are taking place here. And yet their lease might say no business use of the property. And the other thing that, um, you know, let's talk about this is buy to let a, a business. Do people have a buy to let business? Yes or no. And, you know, do do landlords own multiple buy to lets? And is is the use of that property in order to earn an income? Um, so where where is the, there are significant blurred lines here, aren't there? I'll give you another thing to throw into this: in that, if you look at the the use class for um, private dwellings, um, it is C three. So principal prime residence type scenario is C3 or private dwellings is C3. So people's houses and people's apartments and flats. And in there, it, it says that a C3 property is somebody's primary or secondary residence. So what do you think, you know, is it, that, that means it's not their, a secondary residence is not a permanent residence. So you could have somebody staying um, with you, an SA guest, for months, their home is somewhere else. That's where their home is. But this is now their secondary residence, isn't it? And they've signed your terms and conditions. They're not a tenant. Uh, they have no tenant rights, but they're using the property as their uh, secondary residence. So, again, it, this, this just um, uh, um, alludes to the fact that, that this is open to interpretation. And for me personally... I only won't do service accommodation in a property if it is very, very specific that you cannot do service accommodation in a property. And I'll tell you the other scenario, actually, where I won't do it is with uh, a block management company and or neighbours that are going to be extremely problematic to me and my guests. 
because there are enough properties out there to go and do service combination in that do not have those problems. And I'll give you a, a scenario that, um, that I encountered where um, I was approached by a landlord who wanted me to manage his apartment that he had just bought um, and he wanted me to manage it as service accommodation. So doing a, a, a charging a, a commission on turnover type scenario. And so I said to him, OK, great. Uh, can, need to see the lease, please. Um, he said, I haven't got it. I, I said, well, approach the block management company and ask them to, for the copy of the sublease and the head lease um, to, um, to show to your lender. And um, he said, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, and I told him, don't mention service combination at this point because I want to see the lease first to, to decide whether or not um, you know, it's worthwhile telling or approaching the block management company. Um, I said, so don't, don't talk about service combination yet. Just, just stick to the script. And he came out to me and he said, oh, the block management company said I can't do service combination. I said, why on earth do they know anything about service combination? <laughs> and he said, because I told them. That's why I wanted to see the lease. I said, okay. Um, didn't really listen to clear instructions, but okay. And and so he he said so. They've said we can't do service combination, but he did actually get a copy of the lease. And in the lease, it actually allows the property to be used as a hotel. Half one half of this building was a premier inn, and the other half of the building is apartments. And actually, I have never seen a lease more favourable to serviced accommodation in my whole life. And so here's the thing. If he hadn't have told and said anything to his block management company, I would have gone ahead and taken his property on as service accommodation because I would have seen the lease. Um, and it would have been a favourable lease and, and so no problems whatsoever. But once it became clear that the block management company was so vehemently against service combination, I actually decided that I can't be bothered with that because it's the person operating the, the property that's going to deal with any unhappy block management company and people like that. So I actually decided not to do it in that property. And because, do you know what, there are plenty more fish in the sea. Um, and there are plenty of other apartments where you're not going to have a block management company that are going to be breathing down your neck and giving you a hard time, et cetera, even though the lease allows service accommodation because I just don't need the hassle. I don't know if you can relate to that. I'd rather invest in property without hassle. And there are plenty of properties out there also, more than 80% of them, that don't have a lease. So I just wanted to share that with you. Um, and I just wanted to point out the fact that Please don't look at a lease that says no business use and, and assume that you cannot do serviced accommodation in the uh, property. I'm just having a look at uh, some of my notes just to make sure that I haven't missed anything out. I think we are all good. Um, so check out the lease. If you want to get a copy of the lease, speak to the block management company in order to get a copy of the lease. Please remember that it's open to interpretation. Also remember that if you do have really, really troublesome neighbours, then even if the lease allows it, you might decide not to. If you've got a really troublesome block management company, you might decide um, not to. Uh, but you can, you can decide and you can make a decision uh, once you have seen the lease yourself and once you understand um, the 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 fact that it is open to interpretation. So any questions, 
Uh, type those into the comments box. Anyone watching this on Catch Up, then by all means type your questions into the comments as well, and I will endeavour to um, answer that at a later date. Uh, for all those people uh, listening into the uh, podcast, then you can uh, find me on social media as well. Just search for Property Soldier and you'll find me on social media as well. So you can actually be uh, watching things live and maybe commenting um, and asking questions as well. So here's to your service combination success, everyone. And remember, your future needs you. Thank you for listening to the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. You can also follow me on social media and YouTube by searching The Property Soldier. Also check out my website, www.propertysoldier.co.uk, where you can learn even more about property investing and serviced accommodation.